0: bless the time that we spend in your Word. And Lord, I pray you'd help me, Father, that I would be used as an instrument to uh, preach the Bible, Lord, and that it might bless those who are here. And Lord, help us to be challenged, Lord. I pray you bless the fellowship to follow. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're there in Joshua 17. Brother Jose, I'm going to ask a you, faith. Could you get me a water? If there's a water in there, I'm sorry, brother. I don't, I, I don't have one here. Joshua chapter number 17. You know, uh, jo- uh, we've been preaching through the book of Joshua. And, you know, I like, I like preaching through books of the Bible because uh, we were talking over lunch. I like preaching through books of the Bible because they force me to preach on things that I might not normally preach on. Thank you, brother. And, you know, Joshua 17 is probably one of those chapters that most people would not just voluntarily preach through. I like it because it forces me to study and to think and to, to think, you know, what? what is this passage here for? And in Joshua 17, now look, I know you hear me say this all the time, alright? But I'm going to try to be short tonight, okay? I'm going to try to get this done fast, because I can smell the lumpia. And I know I've already, said, half of you have already lost, okay? Half of you are, are already, not, you don't even hear what I'm saying. And the other half, I've, I've only got a short amount of time. So I'm going to try to go through this quickly. But in, in, in Joshua 17... Alright, if you look at verses 12 and 13, we actually dealt with that last week. If you remember, we talked about how they failed. We went through a few chapters and showed how they failed to drive out the enemy. And they did not drive out the enemy. And in the same way, if you fail to drive out the sin in your life and to completely get victory, it will put you in bondage. Because that's what happened to these people. But in verse 14 begins an interesting conversation between the children of Joseph. If you remember Joseph from the book of Genesis, remember Joseph had two sons. He had Manasseh and he had Ephraim. And those two sons became two tribes for the children of Israel. Well, these tribes are uh, have come together now and as the children of Joseph, they're having a conversation back and forth with Joshua. It's a very interesting conversation. If you look at verse 14, the Bible says, "...and the children children of Joseph spake unto Joshua. Do you see that? Now, of course, I don't think that all these people got together and just started talking to Joshua. They probably sent a messenger to him. But they sent a message to Joshua from the children of Joseph. Notice what they say. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot And one portion to inherit. Now if you remember, we spent the first part of the book of Joshua talking about them conquering the land. Talking about them fighting battles, winning victories, getting land, getting cities, and possessing the land. And in the latter end of the book of Joshua, we've been dealing with them dividing the land, and splitting the land up, giving it to different people. And when the the children of Joseph received their inheritance, when they got what was coming to them, when they got their land, they had a complaint for Joshua. And their complaint was this, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit? Seeing I, notice what they say, am a great people. For as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. That word hitherto means up to now. Here's what they're saying. They're saying, look, God has blessed us, our tribe, up to now. And and here's what they're saying. And and in a way they had a valid point because they're saying, look, we're a great land, The children of Joseph, you gave us one lot. Now, here's what you're going to understand. Their complaint, the people had a complaint for Joshua, and their complaint was this we don't have enough. Their complaint was this they weren't satisfied. And you know, and you've got to understand that this complaint was rooted a little bit in pride. You see that if you look at verse 14 when they say, I am a great people, for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. Now, the Bible speaks against pride, and we know that we should not be filled with pride. But let me just ask you a question tonight, and I want you to think of these things. But let me ask you this. Is there anything in your life that you've ever been dissatisfied with? Because that's what these people were acknowledging. They were not satisfied with the land they were given. And you know... The Bible talks about us being content, and we understand that, that we ought to be content. You know, Paul said, in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And whether you things are going great or things aren't going good, we ought to have a smile on our face, and we ought to be thankful for the things that God has given us, and we, you know, our Christians should always be content. But let me tell you something. Sometimes, in some ways, it's okay to want a little more. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever wanted more in your life? I mean, I'm talking about just practical things. Have you ever said, man, I, I don't have a lot of money. I, I should sure like to have some more money. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have some more money if I could give more money to the building. Have you ever said, you know, my, my marriage is good, but it could be better. My children, are, are, I'm doing a good job with my kids, but, but I could do a better job with my kids. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. Have, has any of you ever said, is there anything in your life that you've ever thought, man, I, 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 I'm glad with what I've got? to fill in. Does anybody have that? Maybe it's, maybe it's help. Maybe it's losing weight. Maybe it's making more money. Maybe it's having a better job. Maybe it's being more organized. Maybe it's uh, you know, whatever it may be. Maybe it's eating healthier. I don't know what it is, but I think all of us, at least I do, maybe you guys are kind of leaving me hanging here, but I think all of us in our lives can look at areas where we think, man, I would like more. And even though their complaint was rooted in pride, really the attitude of saying, hey, Joshua, we want more, is not necessarily a bad desire in and of itself. We all should desire to do better in our lives. Now, like I said, for for you, it may be something different than me. For you, it may be that your business grows. For me, it's that the church grows. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we all have things in our lives that, that we maybe we think, man, I wish I could do more there. I wish I could get more there. And these people, they had a complaint. Now, here's the thing. They had a complaint for Joshua. And their complaint was with Joshua saying, you did not give us enough. And here's what you understand. Uh, the, the sin is this. When you and I look at God and say, God, you haven't blessed us enough. Our attitude ought not to be, God, you haven't given me enough. You haven't provided enough. You haven't done enough. But it's okay to say, I want more. I want more in this area, and I want to do better in this area. I mean, think in your life, are you satisfied with how your finances are? Well, maybe you are. And and if you are, praise the Lord for it. But I'm sure there's many of you who say, man, I'd like to do a little better with my finances. Are you satisfied with how your marriage is? And if you are, praise God for it. But I think all of us are say, well, I could be a better husband. And by the way, when I say satisfied with your marriage, I'm not saying you're saying, you know, you're thinking, yeah, I'm not satisfied with my wife. (laughs) I'm not satisfied with my husband, maybe i ought to consider, I can be a better husband. Or I can be a better one. Maybe instead of saying, well, my kids, maybe you say, what can I do to be a better mother? Better father? Better employee? How about your spiritual life? You satisfied with that? How's your Bible reading? How's the time you spend with God in prayer? Bible memorization, soul winning. See, there's areas in all of our lives that if we desired, we would say, man, I'd like to do better there." These people had a complaint. They said, we don't have enough. They said, we're not satisfied. They said, you you haven't given us enough. And I want you to understand Joshua's response. If you look at verse fifteen. And in, in verse fourteen you have their complaint, the people's complaint. What was the people's complaint? Why has thou not given uh, thou given me but one lot and one portion to inheriting I am a great people for as much as the Lord has blessed me hitherto here's what they're saying. I need more. I need better. I want I, I don't just want this small land. They, they, they say Joshua we've got a complaint we want more Joshua's response was this go get more. Look at what he says verse sixteen And the children of Joseph, I'm sorry, verse 15. And Joshua answered them. So you see this conversation going back and forth. They say, hey, you didn't give us enough. Verse 15, he responds, And Joshua answered them, notice what he says, If thou be a great people. He doesn't assume that they're a great people. He says, well, if you're as big and bad as you think you are, if you're as... Talented, and you think you know you you des- you think you deserve more. Well, if you really honestly deserve that, notice what he says. If thou be a great people, then get thee up. Notice what he says to the wood country. and cut down for thyself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee, now notice what he says. He said, if you're as great as you think you are, he said, if, if, if thou be a great people. Now, here's what he says. Get to work. See, Joshua said, I'm not holding you back. Joshua said, you want more? Go get more. He said, it's right over there. You know that land, we didn't give it to you because it's, it's too crowded with trees. Nobody, nobody can inhabit that. He said, why don't you go up there, take that land, cut those trees down, make an area that's not inhabitable and make it inhabitable and further your blessing. And he said, but, but here's what He said, He said a four-letter word that none of us like to hear. No, not what you're thinking of. W-O-R-K, work. He said, get to work. Keep your finger there in Joshua 17. Go to Ecclesiastes real quickly. I told you, I'm not being long tonight. I just want to give you a few thoughts. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 9. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 9. Right after the book of Proverbs, you got the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, chapter number nine. Look at verse number ten. Ecclesiastes, chapter number nine, and verse number ten. You know, you you gotta we ought to write this on somewhere and put it. Put it, you know, you ought to frame this in your house. This verse. Bible says in Ecclesiastes nine ten, it says, "Whatsoever, not it doesn't say what interests you." It doesn't say what you like. It says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, notice what he says, do it with thy might. Know what he's saying? He's saying, whatever you are involved in, he said, whatever you are going to accomplish, he said, do it as well and as strong and as fervently as you can. I remember when we came into this building, when we first moved into this building, some of you never saw this building what it looked like but I promise you that it, it did not look like this we are the best tenants that this guy ever had because <laughs> this place when we, when we came in here it was a uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting place and it was not well kept and we came in here and we cleaned this thing up we took walls down we took the carpet down we took all the ceiling tiles off we, we got to work I mean and it was a nightmare sometimes but you know, one thing that we, that, that we as a men we got together and we said, you know what? Whatever we do, since we're doing it for God, let's make sure it's done right. Let's make sure it's nice. Not because we're doing it to impress anyone. This is, this is a place that's for God. This is, and the Bible says, whatsoever thy hand find to do, it says, do it with thy might. And here's what you need to understand. You may be dissatisfied with something. You may be dissatisfied with your job. You may just be dissatisfied with with, with your health. You may be dissatisfied with with your Bible reading. I don't know what you're dissatisfied. But whatever, here's what you understand, and Here's all I'm trying to say to you. Is God does not hold you back from being more successful. And God does not hold you back from accomplishing more and doing more and getting more. But what God does say is, hey, you're free to do more if you're willing to work. And He said, whatsoever thy hand doeth, do it with all thy might. Go Go to Colossians real quickly. Colossians. In the uh, Old Testament, um, oh, good night. in the New Testament, Colossians chapter number 3, Colossians chapter number 3, look at verse number 23, Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 23, Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 23. What we need to understand is this you, you see people who are successful. And I'm not just talking, you know, it's easy to, to apply it to money because that's something we understand. But I'm not just talking about financially. People that are successful at parenting, people that are successful in areas of their life, you've got to understand this. The secret to success is this. Hard work. That's it. There's no other secret to success. Many, many very rich people, I've heard of rich people being being told, and, and I've heard of, of multiple this. Being applied to multiple I don't really know where it came from but you know I, I heard of a, somebody asked a rich person they said man you're, you're so lucky that you just got rich and, or no they asked him well what's the, what's the secret to your sex he says well the secret to my sex is, is, is I got lucky he said man you're so lucky you got rich he said yeah and the harder I worked, the luckier I got <laughs> there's no, it's no there's no secret to it you go go ahead and sign up for the, you know, how to get rich, you know, 12 steps to getting rich and, and, and working one hour a week or whatever. But the truth of the matter is that if you're going to accomplish anything in your life, it's going to come through work. It's going to come through getting up early, staying up late, and getting things done. And I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about any area of your life. The Bible says, Whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Are you there in Colossians 3? Look at verse number 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible says, And whatsoever ye do... Do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. See, you work for Jesus Christ. He's your boss. You say, well, I got a boss at work. Yeah, that that may be your boss here on earth. But you've got a boss in heaven who sees everything you do. And he's going to recompense you. And he's going to repay you. And when you put in efforts into anything, God's going to bless it. I promise you, God's going to bless it. I know that it's not a very deep type uh, sermon tonight. But but if we could get this in our lives, grasp this in our lives, I promise you it would revolutionize your life. It's, it's going to take work to accomplish because no one's going to just give you anything. Some people are born into money, but those people are very few and far between. If we and, and it applies spiritually, if our church is going to go and do what we need to do with that building and grow and succeed, it's going to take work. It's going to take determination. It's going to take sacrifice. You know, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to say this, but I, I don't like to use a lot of personal examples just because I don't like to put people in a, in a spot. But let, let me go ahead and, and, and say this. But you know, it's been interesting for me to watch, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but it's been very interesting for me to watch uh, Brother Jose's business. Some of you may know. Uh, you say, "Why did you say, Brother Jose?" So he'd wake up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, I've I, not really, I've never really gotten to know a lot of a lot of people that started a bit. I know, I know many of you have your, your own businesses, but I wasn't there when they started. But I was there when Brother Jose's uh, business started. I I was praying for him when he made the decision to. To, to start his own business to quit his job and to, to, to do that and, and it was uh, uh nerve-wracking I, I would imagine you know you got to feed a family you got to pay a mortgage you gotta you know and, and, and I've been what we've been praying for him every Wednesday tonight we're praying for his business I've been personally praying for him I know he's been praying and, and you know uh, for now and, and it may not be like this all the time but for now God has been blessing his business but you know what I, you know what I learned from brother Jose what I appreciate from brother Jose is that he's always out there working? Business. he he has a landscaping business. It, really, I'm just advertising for brother. This this sermon has been brought to you by Cruz Landscapes. No. This, this is actually how we're raising money for the building. If you want me to advertise your business, you will not. You know what I appreciate about brother Jose? That he's out there working. But you know when he's not working, when he doesn't have, when the phone's not ringing, he doesn't have jobs. You know he doesn't he doesn't sit there and complain. I've never heard him complain man, I just wish people, more people would call. You know what he does when, when, when he's not working? He's a, he, he gets a stack of his flyers, goes out knocking on doors, putting his flyers on doors. He said, well, I'm not working. What is he trying to do? I'm trying to get work. And I appreciate it because when he does it, he takes a stack of his flyers and he takes a stack of the church flyers and while he's out putting flyers out for his business, he's out putting flyers out for the church. Maybe that's why God's blessing him too. And I'm not trying to put Brother Jose on the spot. And please understand, I like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I uh, hope you walk out of here in 13 landscaping business. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this. If your job is to do landscaping, do it with all I might. If your job is to be a, a mother, then then be the best mother you can be. If you're, hey, I'm trying to be the best pastor I can be. I know some of you are gonna be like, well, you got a lot of work. do, so, okay, that's fine. But I'm trying. And whatever area God has put you in, get to work. And that, it really. If I if I could just say our church, you say, is our church going to grow if we work? Is my business going to grow if you work? Are my finances going to be better if you work at it? And, and, can I raise godly children? Are you working at it? Or are you letting them just watch the television eight hours a day and hoping they turn out right because I brought them to church on Sunday You understand what I'm saying? The secret to success is just get to work. And they came to Joshua and they said, we don't have enough. God said, and Joshua says, well, go get more. Go do more. Go accomplish more. He says, it's not that difficult, it's not that hard. Now here's what you got to say. Go back to Joshua 17, look at verse 16. Joshua 17, verse 16. The people complained, we don't have enough. Joshua responded, go get more. But then the people put up an excuse. Look at verse 16. And the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough for us. And notice what it says. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley, look what they say. They have chariots of iron. Both they who are of Bethshean and her towns, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. Here's their excuse. They come to Joshua with a complaint. We don't have enough. Joshua gives them a response. We'll go get more. And they come back with an excuse. Here's what they say. It's too hard. Do you see that? They said they have chariots of iron. They said they, they've, got, they've got armies, and they've got weapons, and they've got things that we don't have. You've got to understand this. You know, we had this quote in the bulletin recently. A path with no obstacles probably leads nowhere. If something is worth doing, it's going to be hard. If something is worth succeeding in and God's blessing, it's not going to be easy. Joshua never said to them, hey, it's going to be easy. He just said, go do it. God will bless you. What we need to understand is this. Oftentimes we look at situations and we say, you know, my my finances, I can't, and I'll sit down and I'll help you with your finances. Honestly. We sit down, I've done it for many of our church people. I write down a budget, and I will say, "Well, here's what you got to do." And I'll, you know, because most people don't even know how much money they're spending. They don't know how much they spend on on fast food. They don't know. They just to them, it's just like money comes, money goes, money comes, money goes. Good night. You don't know what happened to it. It's hard work to sit down and budget and think, "Okay, well, where is my money going? What am I doing?" What you got to understand is this: anything that's worth doing right, it's going to be hard. If we go into that building, I promise you, it's going to be hard. We can say, well, all we gotta do is things are gonna happen, things are not gonna work out, things are gonna, it's gonna be hard, but if it's hard, it's worth doing. And in your life and in my life, it's not easy to raise children right, not in this day and age, but it can be done. It's not easy, when 60% of marriages end in divorce, it's not easy to stay married, but it can be done. It's not easy to find a godly, a godly wife today, a godly husband today, these young people that are looking for, for marriage, it's not easy, but it can be done, but you gotta work at it. You gotta be. What I'm saying is, you can accomplish anything you want to do if you work. I remember a few years ago, I was out soulming. I was talking to this guy, and I uh, he he was coming to church. He'd come at, come like every three months or so, maybe every mo- other month. And he says, "Pastor, I, I don't have a job." He said, "I really need a job." He said, "He said, Pastor, if I if I had a job, I, I would I would help the church financially." I said, "Why well, are you looking for a job?" I said, I put an application in, I'm waiting for them to call me back. I said, when did you put an application in? Three weeks ago? I said, let me get this straight. You put an application in three weeks ago, and you've been sitting at home for three weeks by the phone, waiting for them to call you? Doesn't make any sense. The best advice I ever got when looking for a job was this. If I want to work a full-time job, then you've got to spend a full-time amount of looking for jobs. If I don't work eight hours, then I'm going to spend eight hours looking for a job. If I want to work 40 hours a week, then I'm going to spend 40 hours a week looking for a job yeah, you, you you know, And I said this to this guy. I said, look, you, you, you can't just put one application and, and put all your eggs in one basket and wait for him to call you. You need to be out there every day, every day doing it. I, I talked to him a few weeks later. I said, what are you even doing? Nothing. <laughs> I'm sure you could find a job. But what was he not doing? Trying. You know why most Christian kids grow up and rebel? They go to the world. Because mom and dads aren't trying. It's not easy to have bad time with your kids. I know that. Trust me, I know that. It's not easy to spend time with your wife when you've worked all day. It's easier to just ignore her or ignore him. It's hard to have a good marriage. It's hard to raise good children. It's hard to read your Bible. It's hard to pray. It's hard to develop a relationship. It's hard to look for a job. It's hard to budget. It's hard to get. I get that. But you've got to understand this. When you commit yourself to do that which is hard, God will bless it. And if not, you will live the rest of your life saying, I could have accomplished more. I could have done more. I could have been more satisfied. They, they saw how hard it was and they gave up. They said, ah, forget it. We can't do that. Look at verse 17. So you have their complaint. We don't have enough. Joshua's response, go get more. Their excuse, it's too hard. Look at Joshua's encouragement. Look at verse 17. Joshua 17 and verse number 17. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, I I like this. You can tell that Joshua really has a heart for these people. Because they come at him saying, we're a great people. We deserve more. And he says, okay, go get more. No, that's too hard. Just forget it. Forget we even mentioned it. Notice what he says. He says, no. And I can imagine him saying this in a loving way. He says, thou art a great people. Do you see that? Verse 17. Verse 17. He says, And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Notice what he says, Thou art a great people, and hast great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only. He says, But the mountains shall be thine, for it is of a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and and the outgoings of it shall be thine, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites. Notice what he says, I want you to notice this. Though, do you see that word? Though they have iron chariots, And though they be strong. You know what he's saying? They came to him saying, Joshua, we have a complaint. We don't have enough. He responded, go get more. They excused themselves, it's too hard. And Joshua responds to them, No, you can do it. I don't know what you are dissatisfied with. I really don't. But whatever you say, man, I want to do more in this area. I'd like you to know... That you can do it. So how do you know that I can do it? Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. With man it, it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. When we started this church, people people would literally say to me, "You cannot start a church the way you want. You you think you're going to start it." you got to go get support. you got to get all this money. you got to go about all these fundamental popes and get them to support you and get their stamp of approval. You can't preach the way you do. You can't sing songs the way you do. You can't do this whole one thing and think it's going to work out. Hey, let me tell you something. It doesn't make sense to do it with the world, but it makes sense to do it with God. People say, well, you can't raise children in the way. Homeschooling your children, you don't let them do it. You don't let them this. You teach them the Bible. You're, you're, you're ruining those kids. Hey, maybe if I'll try and do it on my own, but with God, I can do all things. And you can be successful in your life too. So- But see, our problem is this. We like to put up excuses. Everybody wants to tell you why they can't do something. Why don't we start realizing that we can do things through God? say, why are you preaching this? Well, number one, because we're in Joshua 17. I don't know if you noticed, but last week we were in Joshua 16. And next week we'll be in Joshua 18. But I think it's a fitting sermon as we go into this new building, because I just want to warn you, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Some of us are going to want to quit. Some of us are going to say, oh, uh, they have iron chariots. I know. But even though, hey, we can do it. You can do it. God wants to bless your life. God wants you to prosper. The Bible actually says that. I'm not a Pentecostal, but the Bible says that God wants you to be blessed. But sometimes we have to roll up our sleeves and go fight some battles. Go cut down some trees. Sometimes you've got to take a land. See, the land that that Joshua said to them, that's not the land they were thinking of. They're saying, well, no, we we want the nice land. Joshua says, why don't you take that land that nobody can live in, cut it down, cut down the forest. you realize how much work it would be to cut down a forest? (laughs) Go cut down a forest and make that inhabitable. Take that land. I went to God one day, about a little bit over a year ago, and I said, God, we need a building. We were meeting in a house. And I was thinking... Man, I want that church down the street with the nice property with the big sign. God says, hey, I've got a Narcotics Anonymous place over here. You may have to cut down a few trees and make it habitable, but you can have it if you want it. I'm just here to tell you, God's blessing is available. You just got to work for it. Don't quit. Don't give excuses. Just get at it. God wants you to be successful in whatever area you're lacking in, whatever area you think, I need more of that, I want more of this. God wants you to do it. Just get with it. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. dearly Father, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for our church. Lord, I know that tonight's sermon is maybe different than anything we've ever really done around here. But Lord, I think every once in a while we need to hear that, you know, sometimes we do need. Sometimes we do deserve more than what we're doing. I'm a child of the King. And Lord, you want to bless us. But we need to get at it. Lord, I know you've got things for this church to do and accomplish. But we've got to realize we've got to get to work. We've got to sacrifice. We've got to do it. And in every area of our lives, we've got to get to work. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, well let's go ahead and take our songbooks tonight. We'll go to page number 174. Page number 174. We'll sing, My Jesus, I love thee.